welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us for Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerch, and I'll be your host. Since 1835, the Baptist Reflector has been providing news for Tennessee Baptists for all those years. And so uh, even today, they're one of the oldest uh, papers in Southern Baptist life. We have the privilege to have with us today Lonnie Wilkie. He's the editor with the, we call it the BNR, but the Baptist and Reflector. So Lonnie, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on the program. You're welcome. Hey, I just wanted us to talk a little bit. I know that uh, the, we you have a lot of subscribers, and uh, I think there's a lot that don't subscribe to the Baptist Reflector, at least in the state of Tennessee. Um, most, uh, at least in the South, how many state conventions have papers? All of them? Most uh, state papers, uh, state conventions do have a, a newspaper, but in recent Probably the last ten years, a lot of the papers have ceased print uh, print issues, so they're mainly online publications. We're one of only about three or four that currently offer a print publication at least twice a week. I right. mean, twice a month. Yeah, and you have how many subscribers? Nearly fifteen thousand print subscribers. Do you know how many that you have that are like? I guess you'll send by email or. That, that we are, send out almost 20,000 uh, email newsletters each week, too. Yeah. So we're yeah. reaching probably as many today as we did 10 or 15 years ago with just print. But yeah. Some people just like to have uh, news readily available online while we still have a, a dedicated core who like the print issue. Right, right. Well, and we can talk more about that in just a few minutes. I kind of wanted to just really talk about yourself. And uh, so those who are listening, our pastors or whoever across our state or any other place, probably want to know more about you. Because, you know, if they read the Baptist Reflector or they read any kind of publication, it always has the editor, you know, has the little title. But they don't really know much about the editor. Uh, so tell a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in uh, Greenville County, South Carolina, small community called Marietta. It's, uh, I say it's in the northern part of the county. Uh, I grew up in a little church called Lima Baptist Church uh, for Tennessee Baptists who are acquainted with their history. That was the first pastorate of uh, R.G. Lee, the famous mm-hmm. pastor from Bellevue Baptist in Memphis and a yeah. former Southern Baptist Convention president, I believe. So uh, that church has a rich heritage, and I was privileged to grow up there, was in RAs and mm-hmm. youth group and all that stuff. Like I say it was a small church. 50 on a Sunday was a good Sunday for us, but uh, it laid the foundation for who I became, I think. Right, yeah. And then when did you uh, begin begin the journey of being an editor? I mean, you probably worked at, did you work at a paper when you were uh, in college, or how did you you begin? Not so much in college. I I graduated from North Greenville College then. Uh, It was a two-year school, and Went to the University of South Carolina and majored in journalism. And uh, be honest, you know, I was wanting to become a sports writer or editor mm. for, you know, one of the daily papers in South Carolina. And uh, 
cover the South Carolina Gamecocks or the Atlanta Braves. That was yeah. that was in my mind. But God had other plans. Uh, my senior year, I worked as an intern in the school's communications office, and I worked under a former newspaper editor who really worked with me on my writing. He uh, he would edit all my stories. You know, sometimes I I thought they had blood on them. He had so many red marks. <laughs> but it was really a good preparation for me. And after I graduated, I got a job in my hometown as editor, uh, news editor of a little weekly newspaper. Mm-hmm. And also got a job as uh, director of communications at North Greenville College, where I went, had gone to school. Yeah. So I did that for about a year. And then I went to the Baptist College at Charleston, mm-hmm. which is now Charleston Southern University. And Worked in their communications or development department for about a year and a half. And then I became, uh, got a job in Nashville with the Southern Baptist Education Commission, which is no, lo- no longer exists, but I edited their publication. So that's sort of how I got into uh, Baptist journalism. And then in 1988, I joined the uh, Baptist and Reflector as the associate editor. And you've been at the convention for, you told me earlier, 35 years? Yes, in May. I celebrated my 35th anniversary. Wow, that's awesome. And so you've seen a lot of news, and you've written about a lot of news. So we'll, we'll kind of talk a bit, little bit about that uh, in just a little bit. So what is uh, uh, what, what do you see as far as trending? I mean, I know you said something about that the, the paper, uh, some some conventions are no longer doing paper uh newspaper and it's all online is that going to be a trend or continue to be a trend i know we're kind of a hybrid uh is that i know it's hard to tell the future but what what are you thinking i think eventually most papers will have to be online only simply because of the rising cost to print the publication to have it mailed and things like that i know in tennessee uh i think our leadership is committed to providing a print publication as long as it's feasible. And I hope it continues because a lot of people probably wouldn't turn on the computer to go look up the news. But mm-hmm. you know, when it comes into their home, they'll pick it up. And I have people all the time tell me they read it from cover to cover. So right. uh, I, I hope we can provide a print publication for many years to come. Well, I know it's, it's probably a generational thing. Uh, you know, I, I know that probably a young, the young generation today, they do everything from their phone and they don't, don't hardly even use a computer. And so that I can see that being, uh, even in college, uh, my, my oldest in college, she does, most of her books are all something that she actually buys and downloads it to her computer or phone so she can read from there. So I can see that kind of becoming a trend. Uh, but you know, there's nothing like having a piece of paper, at least for me, that I can actually read it. I, 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 I'll get things online and things sent to me, but I gotta print it out sometimes just so I can work through it. So I can, I can see how that is going to be, it works, it works that way. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about the purpose. What, I mean, I know that since 1835, the paper's been around and with the purpose was to provide news, right? And Correct. So, so what is that? What is that purpose then? Well, over the years, uh, <clears throat> we've developed, I guess it's our motto or mantra of telling the story of Tennessee Baptists. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a state that uh, 
we have nearly 3,000 or so Baptist churches. Uh, don't know the exact number right now, but uh, we have some Baptist churches and pastors and ministers and lay people who are doing some amazing things for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we try to tell those stories so that he can be uh, glorified and honored by what our churches are doing and how they're trying to reach people here in Tennessee, especially with the gospel. Right. Well, and there's a lot of churches that are doing some, like you said, some incredible things in reaching people and using new ideas and uh, that other churches can glean from that wisdom. Uh, if I, and, and having the paper just to be able to have that uh, history of what they're doing is always pretty valuable. So for Tennessee Baptist, yes. But also you provide news for what's going on at SBC, right? Uh, correct. We we don't put as much in the print issue as we used to simply because of lack of space, but we try to keep uh, stories about the what's going on at the SBC on our website. This week we cover the SBC executive committee pretty thoroughly mm-hmm. on, online. So we try to keep people who are interested in the Southern Baptist Convention aspect uh, up to date. When I first came to the uh, Baptist and Reflector, uh, that was long before the days of, you know, Internet and uh, news readily available at the click of a mouse. So back then in the late 80s, early 90s, people got all their SBC news out of the pages of the Baptist and Reflector because mm-hmm. they had no other way to do it. Right. So as technology has expanded, that's no longer needed because Baptist Press prints uh, daily online so people can get their uh, Southern Baptist Convention news right away. Uh, we try to post it as soon as we we get it, but uh, that's why our primary focus today is telling the story of Tennessee Baptist and doing it as well as we can. Now, I know that uh, the BNR is one of the oldest. What is the oldest paper? We are probably the oldest now that still has a print issue. The Christian mm-hmm. Index in Georgia is the oldest paper, and they're online now only. So yeah. they are older than us, and I think the North Carolina paper may be older than us, but uh, I'm not sure they even print a print issue anymore. Yeah. So Now, do you share news from, I think you do, don't you, from other state commissions, sometimes as if it's, something related to Tennessee Baptists? We do. Uh, we have a good partnership with Alabama Baptist and mm-hmm. uh, others. If if uh, in the past, if we have, say, a Tennessee team goes to Alabama, just as an example, and they are covering the story for them, a lot of times they will, you know, take a photo or something and send mm-hmm. it to us to give us a Tennessee angle, and we try to reciprocate when we know of something, you know, that's going on that would have impacted another state convention. So we do try to work together as much as possible. Yeah. I remember, um, and I can't remember how long ago it's been. It's been over 30. It's probably been 35 years. Um, and I went uh, into Venezuela, and uh, I, I was there for a month helping at, a, at their Venezuela camp. And the BNR was there, and it was during the partnership with Tennessee. Uh, in, in, in Venezuela and I remember uh, I don't know who it was took my picture and I, I was in the paper at that time and that was I was in college 
And so I remember them being there uh, just covering the news. I thought that was pretty big. Yeah, I imagine that was probably Fletcher Allen. He was the editor of the paper when I uh, went to work for, for him. And uh, he he went on a couple of trips, I know, to Venezuela. So yeah. I'm sure he was the one who did that. But yeah. he, he loved missions and doing the partnership stories. Right. Well, tell us about some stories. I know that uh, there, there's always some great – when I look at the BNR – uh, when it comes to our office, I, I glance through and just uh, I, there's always some great things going on. You know, like currently, you know, some of the great things is Blue Oval City, just the great news of what's happening. And that's and I, I know that's kind of a long term process, but there's some exciting things that's happening now that's going to happen in the future. But, and that's just examples of some of those. But won't you share maybe a few things that you've seen in the last 35 years that have been have brought to the top that you think is some of the best stories you've been able to be a part of and write? Well, <clears throat> any story I do on a church that's doing something for the Lord is is has to be near the top of the list. Sure. We have churches that are doing some great things. Uh, as far as stories I've written that personally meant a lot to me, uh, I guess one of the one of the ones that stand out was back in the probably early 90s, the Tennessee Baptist Convention had an annual uh, evangelism conference, mm-hmm. usually in January of each year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this particular year, uh, Herschel Hobbs and W.A. Criswell, two Southern Baptist legends, mm-hmm. were going to be the speakers. Yeah. Well, they got in town on the Sunday, and the state got hit with a major snow and ice storm it mm-hmm. basically shut down the whole state so they had to call the conference because of uh the weather people just couldn't get there but they were already in town so i lived just a few few minutes from the Opperland hotel where the where they were staying the uh conference was then held at two rivers baptist church mm-hmm. at its old location so they were in town so i was able to get there Sit down and have about an hour and a half hour and a half talk with two legends. You know, it was it was incredible. They, you know, although they were sometimes portrayed as one a moderate and one a conservative, this was back during the conservative resurgence. They were really very good and close friends. So mm. it was just a, a once in a lifetime event for me, and I, I really remember that and enjoyed it. And they did, uh, on Monday, there was a few people who had gotten into town, so they actually went over to the church and held a uh, mini evangelism conference on Monday for the few people who could get there, so that was special. Uh, I've, God has given me so many opportunities to travel that I never would, never would have imagined growing up in South Carolina. I've been to the Philippines. Went with a medical mission team there early in my career with the paper, and that stands out. That was that was amazing to see people like Dr. Dewey Dunn and others just freely give of their time and uh, expertise to go and help people who had no medical treatment at all normally. And dentist, you know, uh, probably shouldn't tell this but the dentist has <laughs> since gone on to be with the lord but he let me pull the teeth of filipino so i can say oh, i actually you? pulled a tooth one time <laughs> so that that was fun and uh but 
every story we've done like that, it's always to give the glory and honor to God because he's the one that enabled them to do it. And just, you know, he deserves all the glory and honor. Another story that I really meant a lot to me was a, it was another partnership, but this was when Tennessee Baptists were in Iowa. And I went with a team up there and they were going around to different communities. And I met a lady, she was from Jackson, Tennessee. Her mm-hmm. name was Heather Vest. And uh, Heather grew up in Iowa. Hmm. And I got to sit down and talk to her for a little bit. She um, she had grown up probably within sight of a little Methodist church, but she wasn't a Christian in those days. A lot of people in Iowa, you know, they they consider themselves religious, but they not haven't been born again as we know it. So Heather wasn't wasn't a Christian in those days, but she told me something that really just stuck with me that. She never went to church because nobody invited her. Hmm. And, man, that that hit home. How many people are like Heather who never went to church because nobody took the time to invite them? But anyway, later Heather later became a Christian and Hmm. got very involved in the Baptist church there in Jackson, one of them. And she uh, she learned about the partnership in Iowa and that this uh, trip was going to take place. So she went back. To the uh, to her hometown area, and she was able to visit, witness with a lot of people she grew up with, and uh, you know, only God knows how many people uh, became Christians because Heather went back. But we know of one. Her, I think he was eighty seventy five at the time. He's probably in heaven now. But he became a Christian because Heather went back. That's and just sweet. think what would have happened if. You know, somebody eventually had not invited Heather to go to church later in her life. So that's a reminder to us as Christians that we need to always be mindful of where we are, no matter the situation, and be willing to tell others about Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what other stories? I mean, you got some great stories. Oh, man. Uh, another one. Probably shouldn't be telling all the uh, partnership <laughs> stories, but that it's amazing. Uh, I went to West Africa one time, Mali, mm-hmm. and uh, went with several pastors from across the state. And Gary Rickman, who was then served on staff of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, and he has since retired. But we were with a group, and we went to different places with Southern Baptist missionaries, and. That's always uh, been special to go and see Southern Baptist missionaries on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we truly comprehend the commitment and sacrifices they make to lead their family and friends back in the States and go to countries where there's, I mean, there's nothing really uh, as far as the conference that we're used to. But to see them on the field ministering and sharing the gospel to people who need to know the Lord is just always a blessing. But I remember one day that we we had stopped at a restaurant out in the country. And you got to understand, a restaurant in Mali, Africa, is not like any restaurant you would find here in the United States. I think we had rice and some kind of sauce. That, yeah. that was our meal. But yeah. uh, but as we left, we looked back, and we noticed that the owner of the restaurant had gathered our table scraps. Oh. 
and there were kids outside. He took our table scraps and scraped them off off into a plate or something for those kids, hmm. and they were eating our scraps. Wow! Talk about humbling. Yeah. You know that, yeah. that that's a lesson I will never forget. That we take so much for granted, and to see people there willing to eat our table scraps yeah. because they don't have anything else. That's that made an impact on my life. But uh, other stories. I mean, I just. Like this past week, I was able to uh, uh, go to uh, East Tennessee Baptist Association here in Newport. They have a ministry to migrant workers, mm-hmm. and they have it's a fairly small association, but most of their churches are involved in one form or another to bring the gospel once a week to the migrant workers on Monday night. They feed them a meal, uh, have a gospel presentation. Uh, a lot of times the churches will collect clothing for the migrant workers. I mean, it's amazing ministry that they do. And it's just a reminder that no matter how big or small a church is, they can do something for the Lord that will have a kingdom impact. And so far this summer, I think over 40 migrant workers accepted Christ as That's their awesome. Savior because of what these churches have done. And there's just stories like this can be told all over the state. You mentioned the... Uh, Blue Oval City in West Tennessee. I didn't cover this, but we had a story in the paper about how the churches have gathered over there to try to minister to the uh, uh, workers who are coming in to actually build the plant for Mm -hmm. Ford. And uh, the churches there are really taking it seriously. And we got a report from a pastor over in the Brownsville area that this past Sunday, one of those workers accepted Christ. and And their church on Sunday morning. So uh, there's so many great things that Tennessee Baptists are doing to uh, uh, make Christ known in our state. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that uh, you're there to be able to share that news. And and I think that's, it's so encouraging for churches, uh, church members, people who are reading the BNR to to know what God's doing. Because I think what happens is that we are in our own little community and uh, so we we see within our church what's happening, which we may have some great things, but it's very encouraging to know that God's working across our state because we actually read it, and and you've been there, uh, or one of the staff, and then and build a share and celebrate what God's doing. So I think that's pretty critical in it. We think so, and uh, that's why we think there's still uh, a niche for the Baptist and Reflector to be able to tell those stories because. To be honest, you won't read about it in national newspapers or on yeah. news reports most times. So uh, we feel it's uh, our responsibility and a privilege to share those stories with people all across our state. Yeah. Well, Lonnie, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes and just share uh, a little bit about the BNR. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you uh think realize it or not i know you sit in your little chair and you do all the writing and, and i know you're out but you don't realize the impact that you're making i really really appreciate you and your friendship and and so you you've had such a great ministry for the last 35 years god's really used you so i appreciate you well thank you very much kevin i appreciate you and the camp and uh, conference center met Conference center ministry is a whole nother ball game that I could talk about for a long time, but uh, uh, we're all in it together. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. 
For those who are listening to us right now, I hope uh, that you'll take a few minutes if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify. If you'll leave a comment or just follow us, uh, that would encourage others to listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question for Lonnie or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at carsonpodcast at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at carsonpodcast at tnbaptist.org.